We got a great privilege this morning of hearing from a very, very dear friend in Dr. Don Easton, Pastor Don Easton. His beautiful wife, Adrian and Don, have been our friends for over 35 years. We um, actually knew of Don before that period of time as a youth leader down in the southeast of South Australia. And then we crossed paths on the York Peninsula when Don and Adrian were sent down to York Tennis, the, their first parish in a mainstream denominational church. And we were up in Millington living there and Don was the pastor and we were late people. And Don and Adrian were just the greatest encouragers and corralers. They kind of just guided our path. And that stage, Julie and I were searching for God in a different way than we thought we would. And Don was very instrumental in us becoming baptized in the Holy Spirit filled with the Holy Ghost, put on a course that eventually led to us planting a church. So um, Don and Adrian have been up on the Gold Coast. We lost connection with them literally when they moved up there from the York Peninsula and hadn't spoken to them for a number of years for no particular reason. We just did. And we rang up one day and said, we're coming for a holiday. We're going to visit your church. And Adrian said on the phone, she said, that's weird. Words to this effect. I was just out putting clothes on the clothesline and praying and thought of you guys and wondered what you would be doing and then the phone rings and it's you it's like what's God up to any cut a long story short Don and Adrian were our first overseers they are the pastors who recommended us to be admitted into C3 church in the first instance their history in the earlier days of our church uh, let me say we wouldn't be in C3 without their shepherding of us their encouragement of us helped us set up our first board there's just a whole string of things that for which Don and Adrian we're eternally grateful for that um, they, like every one of you, however, have been through some serious challenges in their life, one way or another, and that song we just sang is uh, a testimony that Don and Adrian could share. They've had breakthroughs after walking through some very difficult seasons in their life, and here they are today, still smiling, still happy, still loving Jesus, um, but it's not always been all beer, beer and skittles let me tell you so i know that don's heart as he comes to preach this morning is the real deal he's got things that'll help you and encourage you as you walk through your life so i want you to warmly welcome pastor don as he comes Mate. how funny is that all these years later amazing amazing who, who would who would have believed who would have thought that family at Nan yeah. didn't know what they were doing. My goodness. And look at this. My goodness. And it's like, like I think back to the times we used to spend in York Peninsula. Yep. And I was like, I was listening to your word this morning for the guy over here and yes. talked to Matt 40 years later. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's maybe 37. There we go. Yeah, 37. Yeah. 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 Since uh, we're you first in York, York Peninsula, it was 1984. Yeah. And um, seems like forever ago. You know, it, it is, it is, but it's, but it's like, you know, kids were little playing yeah. together and yep. and you're playing the piano in church and, and you know, you play the piano and the Holy Spirit would fall. Yeah. I don't, get to, presence, I don't get to do that anymore, do I? And it's Just like, as well. And, it's like, and, and this is what happens in church, you know. It you know, is. Like 40 years later, the presence of God comes as we, as we worship Him, but thank you for your friendship, Bruce and Julie, we love you guys and... Yeah. Oh, it's great to be here today. Okay, I'm going to get out of the way. We're going to receive a love offering at the end of this service for Don and Adrian. Just give your heads up. I'm going to get out of the way. Thank you, sir. Oh, bless you. Bless you.
Bless you. Before you sit, before you sit, I, I'd, I'd love you to join in prayer again. I know you prayed a little bit earlier for Bruce and Julie, but um, I, I'd, I'd like us to do that again. Can we, can we do that again? Yeah. Don't you love these guys? Aren't they amazing? Yeah. Best pastors. Come on, reach your hands out towards them and just begin to pray for them this morning. Father, thank you for Bruce and Julie. Father, today we're praying the Holy Spirit upon them in a whole brand new way. Father, for a new day and a new season. Father, I thank you that you make all things new. God, I thank you for that which has been accomplished to this date. But Father, I thank you that this is not the end of the chapter, that this is not the end of the book. But Father, I thank you that you have things in store for them in their future. Father, thank you for new things and new days and new blessings upon them. Father, I thank you. God, I thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Every resource, every blessing they need in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and you know what? One of the things, one of the things that you know, the integrity and the reality of people by is by their fruit. And and uh, you guys are amazing, Emma, John, Simon, and Georgia. My goodness, this is not just a good idea. This is a God idea. What you guys are doing? This is not just a good idea. It's a God idea. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Thank you, Jesus, for courage and strength. Thank you for every ounce of boldness that they need. Thank you for those that will gather, for the lives that will be transformed. God, I thank you for the expanse of your kingdom in the city of Adelaide. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Ah, oh, my goodness, wonderful. God bless you guys. Please, please be seated. Thank you, team. You're doing an amazing job. You'd like to have your seats. Love the way you usher the presence of God into, into this service. It's so important, so important. You know, walk in here this morning into the, uh, into the foyer. There's a bunch of people praying. I was like, Thank you guys for being here to pray. That was so good. Just walking past and feeling the presence of God and go, wow, there's the engine room. We're going to have a great day today. I know because people have been praying. And if this is your first time or your first time in a while, then the team were gathering in prayer this morning and praying for God's blessing upon you that you might find God here today. I'm praying that you'll find God, that, that, that you'll encounter the King of Kings that know his love and, and know that somehow things are going to sort because God's on the throne and, and people have been praying for you. God bless you. God bless you, yes. And if it's your first time or first time in a while, please make sure you're back next week and the week after and come for Easter and who are you going to bring for Easter? My goodness, what a great church this is. I bring you greetings from our church in the Gold Coast, C3 Church Rabina. One of the... Stories I wanted to share with you as a beginning as I speak this morning as a lady who's senior in age, I think uh, probably 70 or so, I'm not sure exactly how old she is, Gloria first turned up to church um, a few years back and, um, and met Jesus sitting there in a wheelchair. She raised her hand one morning and said, I want Jesus Christ to come into my life. She went through the foundations process, the new Christian's 
New Christians Encounter program and, and she decided, I want to get baptized. And the next baptism was scheduled for Easter and uh, people literally picked her up out of a wheelchair and carried her into, into the baptismal font because she couldn't, couldn't walk. And as people prayed with her over the, over, the coming, over the coming weeks, it was like every week people would gather with her and just lay hands upon her and, and gradually feeling entered her feet. And, and now, now this lady wanders around without a wheelchair and people have no idea unless they, unless they saw the fact that this lady had a degenerative uh, bone problem with a spine and just caused her not to be able to walk. And now she's walking, the doctors are kind of amazed. But the, it's, a, it's a beautiful story, and I love the miracle that God has done in her life. But in talking to Gloria, the, the biggest miracle, she, said, she says, Pastor Don, Pastor Don, the biggest miracle is, is that now I'm reconciled with my family, that the Spirit of God has worked in, the, in my family, and my son, who doesn't, didn't talk to me, now talks to me. I get invited now to my grandchildren's birthday parties. They say, please come for Christmas. We want to share. And she said this last Christmas, she got to have a special time, a first time Christmas with, with family that she's not had. I go, what a beautiful miracle. God works in relationships. He works in our physical lives. But I tell you, it's even more precious when he works in our relational lives, when he works deep in the places of our connections. God works in connections. This text I've got this morning, and in fact, it's the, probably the only scripture I'm going to refer to, is Ephesians 4.16. I want to refer you to that and have a look at it, make a note of it, write it down, uh, text it to yourself, and uh, keep a note of this. Ephesians 4.16, beautiful passage in and talking, talking about how church works and how it builds and how it grows and the gifts that God gives to the church. But 416 is where I want to focus on this morning. And it says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The, the aim or the, the product of God being at work in our lives and being at work in the church is the whole body healthy, growing and full of love so other people can know him. But the way I want to focus is the first part of this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And the title of my message this morning is Fit Together Perfectly. Fit Together Perfectly. question for you this morning what investment are you making in your connections what investment are you making in your connections the connections you have in your world and your life what space are you making for connections to grow to build to, to develop and to strengthen best place to make connections I want to say to you four best places number one is church <laughs> number one is church best place to make connections is here in God's house, here in God's house. We talked about connect groups and about small groups this morning and you've heard several references to that. If you're not in a small group, you ought to be in a connect group because that's one of the great places to make connections. You know, when we met Bruce and Julie 37 years back, one, one, of, the, one of the conversations I remember, remember uh, Julie, Julie saying to us just after we first met them, and I'm not sure whether we're having a meal at their house or 
or what the occasion was. I don't remember the occasion, but it said, you ought to come to the Andersons' home. We've got a home fellowship group, was what we called it then. And, and Julie says, and they've got a waterbed. And then, <laughs> I'm going, what? <laughs> what kind of connect group? What's this thing we're going to? <laughs> but it was all good. We turned up and... Um, um, we had a beautiful time of reading the scriptures and praying together, talking together, loving God together, and doing the journey of life together. As, as that there is a layer of relationships that will grow that that you won't have that you won't have just just by being in church. Church is important, essential, and vital, and really important to get together to worship God. And that's one of the places I'm going to expound on a little bit later as to how does God, how does He fit us together by being here and our being here together in church. But there's another layer that happens, another development of, of intimacy and connection that grows as, as we get together and read the scriptures together, as we pray together, as we get transparent together and talk about the real stuff that's going on in our world in, in, in a small group that, that you, don't, you don't get here in, 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 this, in this experience. Then, then there's the place of meals. When was the last time you invited someone new for a meal? When was the last time you reached out to a new friend and said, said hey, hey, why, why don't we catch up and, and, go, and go down the street for a meal? Or why don't you come over to my place for a meal? And the, and the fourth one is, is going on adventures together. Go on an adventure together. Create an experience where, where you're going on a trip, you're, you're doing something, you're planning a church. It's like, like the guys are going to be part of, part of the team as you, as you form together and you, and you go and you be together and form the team. It's like that's an adventure that, that's, that's indelible, that's, that's going to do something in terms of your relationship for the rest of your days. It's like, like Bruce was talking about our connection in the early days in the life of this church. And you go, there's something that God did in terms of our friendship and growth as we, as we shared together in that experience. What's the adventure of life that you're participating in someone with someone to form new connections? And I, and I just so, so, so love what God is doing in the life of C3 and the way that this is so part of our core. Our, our culture that we live in, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but, but our culture that we live in pushes against connections. It pushes against connections. Like, it, it, divorce is such an epidemic in our community and our society. And it's like it's so easy just to don't like this one, I'll just get a new one. 40 years of marriage, Bruce and Julie. Congratulations. It's like, isn't that good that your pastors are loving each other, living life together, helping, helping the stand against the tide and say, say this, this is a good thing, being together. Isn't that, isn't that good? 40 years? I, and I know you're congratulated, but I go, yeah, that's just awesome. You've probably all got a smartphone, but our smartphones are making us dumb. Do, do you know, one of the, one of the cues, one of the cues of, that they tell us is, is that, or the keys that they tell us is that if you put a smartphone on a table between you, uh, on a table when you're talking to someone, it lessens the connection by 20%. 20%. 
A little hint, if you actually wanted to connect with someone and build a relationship with someone and develop a friendship with someone or actually spend time with someone that is significant to you, put your smartphone away. If you're having a family dinner, take it off the table and put it away because, because they're distractors to our engagement. It's, it's one of the things that push, push against us, even though we're far more connected, like how many friends you got on Facebook, but actually they're not real connections, are they? It's like there's just people that know of us or people that might have heard of us. And, ah, and, and in our world, we seem to be more time poor and, and, and it's more difficult for fathers and mothers to be, to be spending investing the time because we're trying to pay the mortgage and we're, and we're trying to pay the bills and where quality time gets sacrificed. And, and the sociologists tell us that, that our most common form of housing in the future will be the single person dwelling. That's a pretty sad thing, isn't it? You've been in a public transport recently and, 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 and noticed the conversations that people have with strangers or you hop on an aeroplane and do you talk to the person you don't know alongside of you? It's like, no, it's just common courtesy not to. It's like, we're, we're, and, and us, as, us as Australians, it's like we're, we're, we're great at talking to people. Yeah. How are you going? You know, where are you going? What's happening? You know, it's like, like there's this push in our culture don't connect, don't talk, don't relate. And, and and, and, then, and then there's this, this thing that's growing in our culture with, with, where it's okay to, for there to be public outrage and, and intolerances to, to different points of view. And, and so there's this public shouting down of people with, with vehemence and, and, and anger that's as, as like... like makes us all scared to say something and to believe something and to hold a conviction. And Well, actually, I, I really think that's... A, I, I feel differently about that. You know, that's one of the, one of the things that uh, relationships are built on, isn't it? It's when people, people go, well, what do you think? Tell me more. Tell me more. That's a little great uh, giveaway for someone this morning. Use that as next time you're talking to someone. Tell me more. Let people talk to you. And, and just here's another thing in our culture that's there's just an, a real blight on our society today. 3,000 people in Australia between the ages of 15 to 44 kill themselves every year. Loneliness, rejection, lack of identity, all contributors to this. That means in the last 20 years, I was talking to a lady in our church on Sunday whose son committed suicide 20 years ago. And she said, you know, it's 20 years since, since Peter killed himself. And she said, that means, and you're talking this morning, Pastor Don, and that means there's 3,000 a year, that, that's like... 60,000? That's terrible, isn't it? There's another, six, there's 65,000 who attempt suicide in Australia every year. Of, of those who are successful, three out of four are, young, are males. Building connections. I, I, I think we've got a job where we can actually have real relationships 
with real people and make a real difference because we serve a real God. Yeah? You know, we, we get upset, and, and rightly so, rightly so when, when 50 people get killed in our neighbouring country and go, that's such a tragedy, 3,000 every year, every year, every year. My goodness. So this stuff about loving God and loving people, actually, it matters. It really matters. And for some people, it's about their life or their not killing themselves or not death. I, I went through a pretty tough time, as um, uh, we all do in life. And, but one of my tough times was 2014 went through a major period of burnout and I'm not going to focus much on that this morning but but it was it was a time of high depletion a time where I felt like there was just nothing in the tank and I was like had nothing more to give you know I've been a pastor for 27 years and loving God and loving people but it's like the things just drained out and I ran out of steam one of the other things that happened was there became a high disengagement that I started disconnecting with people that I actually should have been connected to. Fortunately, my family loved me through this. My dear Adrian and my kids were just amazing in terms of their, their reaching out and just loving me as dad and not putting pressure or demands upon me. I needed to have time off from church, six months completely. But I became uh, withdrawn and disconnected from key people in, in, the, in the life of my church. I, I, I know what it's like to be in the church crowd and to not engage. I know what it's like to walk through the crowd of people and not actually really connect. Not actually stop and really say hello. How you doing? Oh, I'm okay. But inside, no, I'm not. What can I pray for? Oh, nothing. I'm, I'm good. I'm all right. Even going to a small group, to connect group, and not talking and being in connected, getting connected to wonderful people all throughout our movement, but not really showing what's going on inside. And the third thing that happened is I got really discouraged with what I was doing and, and how I was doing things. But I want to tell you today that God is a God who restores, that the Lord is my shepherd, and that he says, I shall not want and, and the, he lets me lie down in green pastures and he restores my soul for his namesake. His reputation, his reputation is, is on your life. You're doing well actually matters to God because you're a representation of who he is. Your relationships are a representation of the relationship that God wants to have with people. And so, so he will, loves to work in your life. And, he, and if you're in a bad place, so he will come and he will restore and he will strengthen. He will encourage. He will build you up. I, I had to, uh, through this process of healing, I had, to, I had to write some letters and apologies to some people and say, I'm really sorry for the way I was withdrawn. I was really sorry for the way I've treated you or my best was not able to help you in your time of difficulties hmm. 
he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. What I'm trying to say here this morning, the message that I've got from God, the message that I want to communicate to you is that, is that God would work in your life to change things that need to be changed. That he makes the whole parts fit together perfectly. I, I, I love woodworking. I discovered, discovered it again while I was not well and uh, got some beautiful pieces of red gum from, from the trees that I'd felled to uh, rebuilt to build a house on our property and some silky oak and, and uh, started making some uh, uh, quite fine furniture, a nice side cabinet to go behind the lounge suite and, and a coffee table to start with, a couple of um, um, chopping boards and, and, dis and discovered what a joy it is to get pieces of wood and to put them, put them on the router table to, uh, to get the biscuit cutter and to cut holes in them and, to, um, and so you can put, put a, like a mortise and tenon joint in one piece and, an, and another piece, put this biscuit in the middle and, 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 and get them finally to, to join. And it's like, like, it's like the perfect, perfect edges, just right angles and, 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 and just, just all fit together just, just beautifully. And so, this, so these pieces of wood just join and, and it's so delightful and this beautiful piece of furniture is made. And I'm thinking about this and going, well, God, God does this in our lives, that he makes the edges smooth, that he dresses the timber. And that's painful. <laughs> it's painful at times when God does work in our life and cuts away bits and, and we go, God, what are you doing this for? What are you doing this for? Why, why, why is this thing happening for me? And, and I, I really feel uncomfortable here, God. And it's like, like I'm wondering what you're up to. But it's like may, maybe he's just actually shaping you to, to do some fitting together with some people. You, you will discover that the way that God has made you, the way that God has worked in your life is actually, is actually part of that is all about your connections. He makes us fit together perfectly. So he uses all, all the stuff of life and all the, the pains and the, and, the, and the difficulties, the circumstances of life to join us together. You see that in a marriage relationship that, that's, that, in, that in the way that God makes you, that often, often it's like the phrase is opposites attract. And, and that your personality is probably different to your spouse's. And so, and so your unique attributes and your spouse's unique attributes kind of fit together. And it's like, like wow, God, how did you do that? Like, how did, how did that work? I don't know, but, but God, you made it. And you made us fit together perfectly. And, and it's actually, actually it's, it's, it's God's gift to you, the, the complementary nature that each of you are to each, you, each of you. God fits us together perfectly. So what's God doing? He, he's, he's dressing the timber. And, and here in church, and as we open our heart to Jesus and, and, and we, we get into worship, one of the things I, I know that, that as, we're, as, we're, as we're bearing our hearts in worship, because you really can't hide from God, can you? You tried doing that? You ever tried keeping a secret from God? No, no it doesn't work. It's like... You get into church and it's like you just, there's nothing that he doesn't see, doesn't know. And so, so you come to worship and you go, God, you're great. And it's like you open your heart to him. And there's, so, it's, there's an intimacy that grows in your, in your spirit. And, and there's, and there's a, a softness that comes. 
I, I see that as pastor. You see, see couples come into church and you, and, and, you, and, you, and, you, and you can tell they've been arguing in the car on the way to church. Maybe you don't do that. It's like, you know, maybe the kids have been plying up and it's like, oh, <laughs> and it's usually about nothing. And you see them in church and it's, it's like there's a softness that just comes. Softness. And they leave church holding hands. And it's like, hey, that's pretty good. Because <laughs> there's something that God does in our lives as we're here in worship. So, so too in our relationships with other people. It's like you might come with, an, with a grudge or a bitterness or, or resentment or, or maybe even an offense. But here in worship, the Spirit of God can speak to your heart and you go, oh, do you know in the scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. Because <laughs> I, know, I know that God forgives me and washes me clean. And so who am I to keep this offense with someone else? When, and I feel that I'm right and they're wrong. God loves me because he loves me. Because he made me. And he actually made them. And so here in worship, here in worship, and it's like we, God works in us. He makes us all fit together perfectly. He makes us all fit together perfectly. We get into our connect groups and and, and my goodness, I'm, I'm so glad that, that the connect groups are going to another level of, of intimacy and transparency. And so connect groups are, are a safe place where, where that which is shared stays there, <laughs> where, where, where secrets are kept. Now, connect group, just in this last, last 12 months, one of the guys turned up and he says, I'm Les, I'm an alcoholic. I go, you're going to AA meetings? And he says, yeah, I am. He says, but I need you guys to pray for me. And I hadn't told you that I'm having trouble with drinking too much. And I need you to pray for me. You know, when, when guys can be honest and talk about the difficulties of life and, and, and we're not content to let someone slip into being, becoming a Christian spectator and sit on the sidelines and, and watch the others play the game, but we're all all, all, all in this together and we're looking after each other and we're seeing someone missing and we're not letting them become passive in their walk with Jesus but we go come on guys it's us together we're going to make it and we gather around and we pray for each other and we and we're vulnerable because we talk about our difficulties of life and and I don't know how to deal with this problem I'm facing as a dad and how do I encourage my my 12-year-old who's gone through depression at the moment. And you know, what do I do? I, I, I don't feel equipped. And guys gather around and pray. I lost my job. Guys gather around and pray. It's like, he fits together the parts perfectly as each part does its work. And it's like, the, the, there's a part of ministry that happens here, which, which is pretty awesome. But there's another level of ministry that happens in a small group where we're really the rubber hits the road and the real stuff happens as people people over the journey of life pray for each other and care for each other and walk together. I love doing meals together. I, I, I love that. And you don't need me to tell you about how good that is, but, but Jesus spent so many times, according to the scriptures, in meals. John the Baptist's disciples they were known for their fasting, for, the, for their radical lifestyle. And then Jesus, Jesus comes along. And, then, and people said, we're really confused because John the Baptist's model of discipleship was, was abstinence, withdrawal, and, be, and, being, and being different from people. 
And Jesus, your model of discipleship is so different. It's about eating and drinking. And it's, and it's like, it almost seems like it's too much. And Jesus said, well, you need new wine, new wineskins to put the new wine in, new ways of doing things. And one of those new ways is eating and drinking with people. When was the last time you had a meal with someone for the first time? Asked that before. There's a challenge for you. In the next month, has someone new over to your house? But my house is not good enough. Well, you're you. You love being there. We don't have a lot of money. We can't afford it. Well, eat what you're going to eat. Just invite someone else over and be you. Don't pretend. And just build friendships and build connections. And Because there's so many hurting people and the people get invited for meals. It's like they feel belonging. And it's like, my goodness, it's such a wonderful thing. He fits together, makes the parts fit together perfectly. He makes all the parts fit together perfectly. I'm wondering what God is doing in your world right at this moment in terms of fitting the parts together perfectly. What I'd encourage you to do is don't miss the opportunities that God will bring you to make new connections. In our busy world, slow down a little. And when someone says, hey, we should catch up, instead of going, yeah, pull out the door and say, when? Don't miss the opportunities. When someone says, yeah, we we should talk later. Great, okay. When should we talk? Is that scary? What am I talking about? taking a step in connections because your best friends you might not have met them yet <laughs> and, and how refreshing is it to your soul when you meet a new friend when, when someone takes an interest and they like being with you because you're just you like doesn't that do you good then they go, wow, it's like, well, they, they actually appreciate me for who I am and who we are. And it's like, oh, wow. Hmm. These last couple of moments, I'd love to pray over your relationships, over your friendships, your connections. Maybe God needs to do some big work because things are not really right, needs to get resorted. I want to pray over everyone's relationships and friendships here just for a moment. Let's just see where the Spirit of God takes us just right now. Can we stand to our feet, please? Father, Father, this morning, I want to pray over people's connections and relationships. Father, where relationships have been bruised, Father, I'm praying for healing of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Father, where people are feeling like they they just can't reach out to, to someone because... They just feel I'm not good about who they are. Father, I'm praying for your grace to come upon every person and every heart and every life. Father, I thank you for the incredible connections there are in this place. God, God, I thank you for enduring friendships and enduring relationships. And oh, Father, Father, we're praying. We're praying for new connections and new relationships and growth and increase.
Father, bring your grace, bring your mercy, bring your blessing. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. If you've got a relationship and a f- where you need God's work in, just lift your hands up towards heaven right now. There's an area of your life, a family member, a friend, and God, I really need you to sort something here. Come and reach your hands up to heaven and ask God, seek Him right now. Hey, God, I need you to work in this relationship. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we take authority over him who would come to steal, kill, and destroy. Comes to steal, kill, and destroy relationships. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you, devil, and say, get your hands off of these people. These are children of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, pray for a turnaround, a change, a change of circumstances in the name of Jesus. God, pour your grace, pour forgiveness, pour your love. Ask God today, God, what's the thing I can do? Maybe he will say, just pray. He might say, write a letter. He might say, pick up a phone. He might say, talk to a friend, get some wisdom. Just reach out to God and say, God, what's my step? What's the thing I can do here? Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father. And this last 30 seconds, how's your relationship with God? Because it's from that relationship that other relationships flow. You love God and love people. How are you and God? Are you together with God or are you away from Him? If you're away from Him, come back to Him. I'm going to lead you in a prayer of coming back to Him today. Maybe you've never prayed prayed in the first place. Well, you can join in that prayer of coming back and He will come into your life and make things brand new. You will know that God is your Father and you are loved. You will know that you're forgiven and He has a plan and a purpose for your life. So this morning is... One of those two you, where you need to come back in a relationship with God, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a moment, put it nice and high so I can see, and I include you in this prayer. Or maybe, maybe you're praying this for the first time. Maybe there's some people here this morning that are just unsure that heaven's your home. I want you to be absolutely sure that heaven's your home because out of a sure knowledge of who the Father is and, and your relationship with Him, you'll be more equipped and better equipped to love people. One of those is you. I want to come back in a relationship with God. I want to connect with Him for the first time. I want to make sure of my relationship. As eyes are closed, would you raise your hand and say, yeah, this is me. Please, please pray for me this morning. I, I, I want to come back in a relationship with God. Just praying for you this morning. Who is there this morning that needs to do this, needs to pray this? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for great connections. Thank you that you love people. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. It's wonderful to spend some time with you this morning. Land, I love this church. Beautiful. Come on, church. Let's appreciate Don's great words this morning. Thank you, sir. Fantastic.